0: You, you are special. You are special. You personally, you individually, you congregationally are special. In fact, you are so incredibly and unbelievably special and prized and cherished and beloved and unique, so treasured that you cannot even begin to understand how special you are. Now, you may be sitting there this morning thinking, I don't think so. <laughs> you need to change thoughts. And we're going to do that. Because you see, you may not think you are special. You may not feel this morning like you're very special. But I'm here to tell you right now, this morning, that in the eyes of God, you are so incredibly special that you can't even begin to get your mind around it. And this morning, we are going to take a look at that absolute truth, that absolute, undeniable, biblically verifiable, black and white, God-given truth. And we're going to do it in a sermon entitled and named after, guess who? You. Title of the sermon is, the most special people in the entire world the most special people in the entire world going to begin not by turning there but just simply with a a quick review with a section of scripture that that served a little bit as a, a theme for the month of december for us and that's when it comes to our being strangers and aliens as we've talked about in the book of 1st Peter. You will recall there in 1st Peter chapter 1 tells us about the the priceless, the, the incredibly priceless and incomparable love and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ to and through which those who are faithful and obedient are forgiven, redeemed, saved and set apart from the rest of the entire world in heart in mind in hope in love in purpose in action in allegiance in behavior and in eternal destination you are set apart by that that incredible love and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that we've just celebrated around this table. It's an awesome day to be a Christian. And it is because of those great and incomparable blessings that you who are in Christ have in Christ, Ephesians chapters one and two, that you now constantly crave and desire and want to hear and digest ever more and more and more and more of, of this word of the living God, this, this word of the living God that initially saved you when you heard it and you believed it and you obeyed it. And at that point that you did that, That that word and all that you heard there and obeyed, it set you free and redeemed you to begin with. First Peter chapter one, verse three, through chapter two and verse three, and we've talked about this at length and and how special and precious it is, that blood of Christ, and so you crave it. But the Bible goes on there in first Peter chapter one, sorry, first Peter chapter two, verses four and five, and I want you to listen to what it says. It says, coming to him, as to a living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious, Jesus is precious, it says you also, as living stones, are being built up to a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And again, that's Second Peter chapter 2, 4 and 5 we haven't gotten to our point yet. In verses 9 and 10, it goes on to tell us that those in Christ, those who are under the blessings of his blood, who continually crave that word as he talks about there in in, in the early part of chapter 2, it goes on to say this. It goes on to tell how you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, watch it now, his own special people. If, if you're under the blood, if you've obeyed that truth which you were delivered, there in chapter 1 and verse 22, and you're craving that word now that, that, that originally saved you when you believed it and you obeyed it, like, like a newborn baby, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And you're not rejecting it, you're just craving it all the time. That makes you a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. You're special. And you have no idea how special you are to God. The word special in verse 9 there indicates a purchased, prized, preserved priceless possession, a priceless possession to God, you are a priceless possession, his own special people listen, I know it's a holiday gift giving season, and and I know maybe some of us thought about as we were shopping for one another, that maybe we'd buy this or that, but we, we looked at the price tag and on some things, you know, some things we just can't afford what is something worth something is worth whatever you're willing to pay for it is that right? If you're not willing to pay the price for something, it ain't worth it to you, right? You see something that's, be it a car or or be it jewelry or be it anything, If, if it's way beyond what you're willing to pay for it, then it's not worth the posted price to you. Is that right? If you don't think you're special, if you don't think you're special, think about what Jesus Christ did. Think about what God paid for you. God said, I'll pay that. I'll give the blood of my son. I'll pay that. They're worth that to me. If you don't think you're special, you better go back and reread that. Because God said, you're worth the blood of my son to me. I'll pay it. That's how special you are. That's what you're worth to God. That's what he paid to make you his own special people. beyond your ability to comprehend, you are special to God above all the peoples of the earth. I want to take you to another text that that kind of points this out, how how once you become Christians, how incredibly special you are to God. And it's a familiar passage, but I'm, I'm asking you to open your Bibles with me, please, to Romans chapter five. Romans chapter 5, I love the book of Romans, I love Romans 8 in particular, but this, this message in Romans 5 just leaps right out and, and, and indicates the same thing that I've been trying to tell you this morning, how incredibly special you are to God. It says in, in Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 6, for when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the most incredible thing. While we were sinners, Christ loved you so much and and you are so precious and special to God that in order to save your soul, in order to cleanse you, in order to have you with him for all eternity, because that's what God wants, while you were still a sinner, he was willing to give his son's blood. And Paul says in Romans 5 and verse 9, but it gets even better. Much more then. Beyond that. Having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more. Having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Praise God. You have no idea how special you are to God. If you have been attending regularly over the past few years, you've probably heard me on several different occasions make the statement that all God ever wanted you can sum up the Bible pretty easily by saying that all God ever wanted is a people that would love or or all God ever wanted was a people to love a people to bless a people to treasure a people to, to cherish a people to call his own a, a people who would then by virtue of understanding that that God just wanted to cherish them and and treasure them and and wanted them for his own special people that they in return would come to love him and trust him and be completely devoted to him the same way that he was completely devoted to them a mutual relationship of love and cherishing and and trusting and treasuring God has always yearned and and wanted for that special, one-of-a-kind, treasured, cherished relationship and possession. And and, and although that statement doesn't occur in the Bible, you can see that it's easy to see in the Bible. It's the way it started out, isn't it? In the Garden of Eden, remember? Garden of Eden, and and God makes his creation. And this is the kind of of relationship that he wanted with Adam and Eve, right? From the very beginning. And, And he had it until 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 they decided to listen to and trust the serpent instead of God or more than God and their lack of trust in God because they trusted the serpent who said something totally contrary to what God had said caused sin to enter and divide them from God in the relationship was broken. God was not going to give up. God wanted a a, a people to love him like he loved them to, to treasure and cherish in a mutual relationship and so God because this was something he diligently wanted He tried again and he declared and poured out his love and blessings on the children of Israel in order to accomplish that. God, God, with the children of Israel, constantly declared and, and displayed his great love for them in some of the most easy to understand and unmistakable ways. And, and, and I want you to look at this. I want you to look at, at how he He told them. And he He told them how much he loved them, and, and he showed them, and he showered them with blessings, and he tried to, to, try to treasure them and, and hold them. And, and all God wanted was for them to love him back enough to trust him and do what he said, and, and he could have this relationship. And I, and I want to show you several passages in the Old Testament where where God tried three months, just three short months after leading them to freedom out of Egyptian bondage. God began to tell them how much he loved them. He began to tell well, he's told them in other places, but but he begins to to tell them of this great and incredible love he has for them, this this very special and unique relationship that he wants to have with them, with, with them, He wanted to to have this relationship that built on love and trust and cherishing that that he could have with them and that they would have with and for him. Turn with me to Exodus 19, please, in your Bibles and, and look at this. Look at God this morning as displayed in this text. God just wanted to enjoy that relationship with them and wanted them to enjoy and and love and cherish that relationship with him. In Exodus 19, verse one, it says, in the third month after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on the same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. Verse two, Exodus 19. For they had departed from Rephidim, had come to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there before the mountain. Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him from the mountain saying, This you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings, and and I brought you out to myself. Now, therefore, if, it's conditional, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. Do you see it? God says, if you'll just listen to me, if you'll love me enough to trust me and you'll keep my commandments, God said, you will be a special treasure to me above all people. For the earth is mine and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. God led Moses to reiterate that message not once, not twice, but three times, and you may probably even find more in the book of Deuteronomy before they ever entered into that promised land, flowing with milk and honey, which which God once again in his great love and mercy wanted to give to them, promised to give them. He has Moses repeat it three times to say, well Moses was a repetitive preacher. Yeah, he was, because he wanted the people to get this. This was this was vital. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'm sorry, 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Look look at this message. God's just seeking that special people. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, after some instructions how they're not to to be part of these these other nations, they're not to, to be a part of them because God wants to keep his people special and pure to him. Down in verse 6, it says, Moses tells these people, for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself. Here it comes, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. Those words almost make me kind of cringe in my back. What what can you possibly give God who can speak into existence anything, can create anything, what can you possibly give God that God would treasure? You know, what do you give to the person who got everything, can create everything just by his own special people, his own cherished people? The Lord did not set his love on you, verse 7, or choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all peoples. But because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage from the hand of Pharaoh, look, look at this next part. Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments. See, th- there's a part they had to play. God loved them and wanted them so much, but, but in return when they saw God's love, they needed to be willing to trust Him and do things His way and love Him back and show their loyalty to Him. Look in Deuteronomy 14 at verses one and two. Again and again we see this message. Deuteronomy 14.1, you are the children of the Lord your God. You shall not cut yourselves, nor shave the front of your head for the dead, for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. And the Lord has chosen you, you, to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. And again, in chapter 26, yeah, he just kept hitting them with this because it's so important that they understood it is so important to me this morning, it's so important moreover to God this morning that you understand how special you are. And so just like Moses, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. You need to understand this. Deuteronomy 26, starting at verse 16. God just wanted that relationship. It said, this day the Lord your God commands you to observe these statutes and judgments, therefore you shall be careful to observe them with all your heart and with all your soul. Today you have proclaimed the Lord to be your God and that you will walk in his ways and keep his statutes and commandments and his judgments, and that you will obey his voice. The people saw the love of God. They saw the power of God. and They said, yeah, we're going we're gonna to cherish him and treasure him and obey him and love him and trust him. And as, as he goes on in verse 18, he, he talks of God and his reciprocal love. It says, also today the Lord has proclaimed you to be his special people just as he promised you. you proclaim that you belong to God. And you're gonna love him and cherish him, if I can use my own words. You're gonna be, he's gonna be everything to you. You have proclaimed him to be the Lord and, and the Lord has proclaimed you're his special people just as he promised you that, that, you should keep all his commandments. What a God. What a great God. What a loving God. What a compassionate God. What, what, what a God who can create anything that just wants his own creation to love him back and to be his, his special people. And, and Moses tried to make these people see what a special thing that was and how special they were to God. Back in Deuteronomy 4, turn back there with me, would you please, in Deuteronomy chapter 4. And it's a, two-way, it's a two-way relationship here, as, as we said. Verse 1, Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I teach you to observe, that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord your God, the Lord God of your fathers, is giving you. Now, Deuteronomy 4 and verse 2. Watch this. You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. That was their love and trust. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did to Baal Peor, how the Lord your God has destroyed from among you all the men who followed Baal of Peor, but you who held fast to the Lord your God are alive today, every one of you. Brethren, holding fast to God means holding fast to God's word. It means not adding to it, not taking from it. That's what it means to hold fast to God, to hold fast to his word as well. Moving on, verse 6. Moses said, Surely I have taught you statutes and judgments just as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should act according to them in the land where you go to possess. Therefore be careful to observe them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these things and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Here it comes. For what great nation is there that has God so near it as the Lord our God is to us for whatever reason we may call upon him? And what great nation is there that has such statutes and righteous judgments as are in all this law which I set before you today? Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself lest you forget the things your eyes have seen lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life and teach them to your children and grandchildren and he goes on. one common unifying feature that we see in all of these passages is that God because he so deeply wanted his own special people God would go to any lengths for them God, God would do anything necessary to love and cherish them and protect them and bless them he's going to to give them promised land even though he knows that they're not going to stay faithful in this relationship and The thing is, is once they saw how good God was to them and and how much he wanted to treasure them, the the message here in Deuteronomy 4 is that God just wanted to be treasured by them. God wanted to be loved and trusted and cherished and treasured by them. enough that they would keep his commandments without addition or subtraction, but, but we know the Old Testament confirms that they didn't they didn't hold God up there on that pedestal. They didn't cherish him with everything they had. We know how the Israelites time and again just cast the word of God behind their back. They they rejected God's prophets. They they threw them away, and it resulted in their losing their very special standing in relationship with God. As God confirmed Himself in Hosea chapter four, verses six through eight, when he said, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will reject you from being a priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. The more they increase, the more they sinned against me. I'll change their glory into shame. See, you really love someone and you cherish them they need to be able to trust you this trust involved and and the people didn't trust God enough to do things the way God said to do them because of different voices and different things they they didn't trust God enough to do it his way and, and they lost that relationship the Israelites did as his own special people but you know what our God is so good God would not be deterred God has always wanted, his own special people. He would not be deterred from that desire to create and to have this this prized, treasured people who would treasure him in return enough to learn and to live his commandments. And so God sent Jesus Christ to this earth. He sent his only begotten son, he sent Emmanuel, god with us because he wants to be with us he wants that relationship and so he sent him into the world to die for our sins isaiah 53 that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special Titus 2 and verse 14. Jesus came to die, yes, to cleanse our sins, but to, to purchase for himself, to redeem us and purify for himself his own special people. That's what the text says in Titus 2 and verse 14. God sent his son to die for us to show us his great love for all of us, John three sixteen to show us this is how much I love you, this is how much I want a relationship with you, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get rid of your sins so that we can can have that relationship and and I can have you to treasure and cherish and love and bless and and you can have me to to lean on and to love and to to cherish and to treasure above everything else in the world And, and that's why God sent him. So that, that this people that would see that love would respond to it and, and in their response, what their response would be, would be when they saw the love of God, they would wanna trust him and, and listen to him and obey his commandments and, and do the things that, that he told them to do. John 14, 15 and Acts 2, and 1 John chapter two and three and five and Revelation 22, 14 and a whole lot of others. He sent his son to die so that when we saw that kind of love that we would want to devote ourselves to living and loving and obeying and abiding in the truth of his word, which set us free in the first place, John 8, 31 and 2, so that we would, so that there would be a people, his own treasured people who would worship the Father the way he asked to be worshiped in spirit and in truth, John chapter 4, 23 and 4. People that would worship the way he asked them to because they love him. They love him so much because they've seen the love that he has for them. That all they want to do is, is treasure him and give him what he asked for and, and love him back in return. And so they're giving the worship he wants. Not the, not the vain and futile worship that, that is commandments of men, Mark chapter 7, verses 5 through 13. Not, not worship according to what the rest of the world says, but, but they just love God so much they want to do it his way. And you know, when they do that, they become the special people that God is seeking to worship him, the kind that God always has wanted, always has sought to worship him, I can say this, the kind that God has always sought to worship him, the kind of people that God continues to seek to worship him, John chapter four, verses 23 and four, and the kind of people that God always will be seeking to worship him. You see, in every one of these examples that we looked at from Genesis forward, the story's always been the same. God shows his love, says, I want you to be my people. Do you love me enough to trust me and do it my way? Do you trust me as God? Adam and Eve trusted the serpent, the Israelites trusted the nations around them, and so God sent his son, and you know, this relationship that we're talking about that makes the people special because they love him enough to trust him and do it his way that is always going to be the dividing line between those who would be his own special people and those who never will be whether or not they would reciprocate his love and desire by trusting him and doing it his way and that my brethren is what makes you very special in the eyes of God. That is what makes you the apple of his eye. As he alludes to such people in Psalm 17 and verse eight. That makes you that spiritual crown of glory or royal diadem in the hand of the Lord that God described in Isaiah 62 in verse six. That makes you, those who are his own personal precious possession, that makes you his jewels or special treasure that he describes in Malachi chapter three, verses 16 through 18. Nevertheless, having said all of that, Invalidation because sometimes it's, it just seems too good to be true. Listen, if you, you're hearing the sermon this morning, say, I can't be that special. You are. You are. Bible says you are His own special people. It's not because you're anything special and I'm not anything special. Please don't take that personal. <laughs> We're special because when God showed his love, we responded to it by loving and trusting him enough to do things his way. That's what makes us special, because of God. But in validation of that sometimes difficult to believe and accept, too good to be true statement, that you are, by God's definition, the most special people. Let me give you another example that proves it. Your being right here, in this time, and this place, right here, this morning, on this day, for the purpose you are here, is proof positive of precisely what I'm talking about. And that includes those of you that are at home on the live stream who are too sick to be here, and I know there's a number of you that, are, that would be here if you weren't ill but your presence here this morning, this morning in particular, at this time, in this place, for this purpose, you're special. You're special. And I'm going to tell you why. Today is the first day of the week. We know that a day in which those who love God and trust God and treasure God above all else just like they've done for the past two thousand years came together today according to God's commandments. Remember how all those all those relationships God just said, you've got to do it my way and love me enough and trust me enough. You came together this morning in this place while while so many in this world are out there celebrating the, the birth of Christ in ways that the Bible never says. You came here this morning because you trust him and because you wanted to celebrate the way he said, because you understand that that God means more to you than anything on earth because you mean more to God than anything on earth and that makes you special because you worship his only begotten son the way he specifically said that he wanted to be remembered and celebrated Luke chapter 22 verses 17 through 20 again because all that matters to you is that you know how much you matter to God and you just want to return that love and, and you don't, you come here this morning to, to do what you do the other 52 Sundays, 51 Sundays of the year, 52 next year, because it's 53, but anyway. You come here this morning to, to do what you've done without the addition of anything man-made or, or any unauthorized elements according to your own or somebody else's desires. You came here this morning and you understood that that you don't need candles and Christmas trees and different ways or days to worship and you don't need instruments of music and you don't need all of that stuff, all of those additional things that God never said or authorized because you understand worship's not about you, it's about Him, amen? It's not about you, it's not about Doug Dingley, it's not about Joel Powell, it's not about Cheryl, it's not about any of us, worship isn't about us. If we we were gonna die and buy our own church or whatever we do the way so many do today and set up our own religion, yeah, we'd probably do it different, but that ain't the way God did it. And God's the only one that could die for you. Forgive your sins as we talked about this morning in the Sunday morning adult class. Such people that only worship according to his desires and the way he said in the scriptures are very special and treasured and cherished by him because you tell him that you love him enough to trust him and his judgments. That's what you're doing right here, right now. That's what God has always wanted. And that's only an example, one example. There's, there's another example that once again says that you are special above all the peoples on the earth because you love and trust God. And, and that's how you were saved how you were saved, how I was saved. There's a lot of teachings in the world today by those who won't take God at his word that say you can be saved through all of these different channels, all of these different processes, but God doesn't say that. And because because he's shown you his great love on the cross, and because you you love him so much in return, you're willing to trust him how he said that you respond to that blood and you respond to that love and, and you are saved. And so many of you in this room this morning have done that. You, you, maybe you grew up thinking different. Maybe you had families where you were taught different. Whatever the case may be, maybe you weren't taught at all, who knows, maybe you're more like me but at some point somebody said to you look at what God said you gotta do to be saved and, and so you did and you studied it maybe some of you were blessed enough to grow up in the church but some of you had to make a decision am I gonna trust what My parents or grandparents or somebody else always said, am I going to trust what the TV preacher said? Am I going to trust what this doctrine said or what the internet says? Or am I simply going to take God at his word and trust what he said? Because I know how much he loves me. And I'm going to turn around and love him and trust him and treasure him and cherish him. And I'm just going to do it God's way and I don't care what anybody else says. Many of you have done that. There's some here in this building this morning that have not done that. God loves you more than you know. God gave his son to save you. But the giver of the gift gets to set forth the terms of receiving it. If I had said to any one of you, I I have this gift for you. Come see me in my office after services this morning and I'll give it to you because I'm standing out there by the door. You wouldn't say to me, well, Doug, you know what? I'll meet you down in the men's baptistry room. You can give it to me there. What would you do? You'd have to come to my office on my terms to receive the gift that I got you. If you love me and trust me and respect me, that's what you would do. And I would do it to you. And... This gift that God gave when you understand that that he gave his only begotten son for you. And And then it shows us in the New Testament that everybody that was ever put under that blood was baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. That's how they received the gift. Question for you this morning. If you've seen the great love of God, if you've come to understand what Jesus did for you, If you want to become one of those special people, special by virtue of the blood of Christ, that not of themselves, then it requires for you to make that decision who you're gonna love, who you're gonna listen to, and who you're gonna be loyal to. And it's either gonna be Jesus and the commandments of God, or it's not. I beg you if you're here this morning and you've never obeyed the gospel, trust God, be loyal to God, do it God's way. Be saved from this perverse generation. Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. It's not that hard. What comes after is a little harder, but we'll be here to help you with that. Who do you love? Who do you trust? Who are you gonna be loyal to? If you struggle being loyal to God, we'll pray for you. If there's anything we can help you do this morning, to be more of that special person who just loves and treasures God above all else. We'll gladly help you right now as we stand and sing.